0: Today's topic is anemias. So what's the definition of anemia? The technical definition of anemia is the reduced mass of red blood cells, the reduction in the mass of red blood cells for many reasons that can be due to many reasons. Now we can classify anemias into macrocytic, normocytic, and macrocytic based on their size or based on mean corpuscular volume. We can uh, categorize normocytic anemia into non-hemolytic and hemolytic. So, non-hemolytic anemia, where the cell is not lysing, or the cell cell is not breaking, these can be due to low iron, due to low EPO, or just the bone marrow not not being able to do what it's supposed to do producing red blood cells. And so that's non-hemolytic. But then there is hemolytic anemia. This is the type of anemia that um, results from the cells being destroyed, the cells lysing and the the hemolysis can be due to the intrinsic factors, problems coming problem problems that are uh, within the red blood cells, or something something outside of the red blood cells is causing the damage or the the cells lysing. So these are extrinsic factors such as mechanical uh, injuries or infection and things like that. But today's folk, uh, today's topic. Focuses on the intrinsic problems, problems that are that originate from the red blood cell itself. So, some of the problems, the intrinsic problems that lead to hemolytic anemia, are sickle cell disease, uh, G6PD, uh, and there are other uh, problems that originate from the red blood cells. So. Sickle cell anemia. So how does sickle cell disease result in hemolysis or hemolytic anemia? All right. So, um, now sickle cell disease is an autosomal recessive disorder, it's a genetic disease. So what's, hap- what's, what's happening is that there is abnormal gene, this is abnormal globin gene, and um, this specifically is not alpha, gene, alpha globin gene, this is a beta globin gene what's what what's happening here is that there is single base substitution on the 6th codon of beta-globin gene. So on the globin gene, there is substitution of, of adenine by thiamine. And when this happens, the resulting amino acid is changed. So um, instead of making the normal hemoglobin A, which makes 95% of the adult hemoglobin, with a defective beta-globin chain, you produce hemoglobin S, which is made up of two alpha chains and two defective beta chains. Alright, so, we said that there is a substitution um, mutation when A, uh, adenine, is uh, substituted by uh, thiamine, with that substitution, the amino acid valine is substituted for glutamate. So you have valine, which is a nonpolar molecule with many hydrogens, which is hydrophobic, doesn't like water. Um, so you have this amino acid. In the uh, beta globin chain, instead of glutamate, which has, which is polar molecule, and that, uh, which 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 is part of the normal hemoglobin. So with this um, valine being part of the the abnormal globin chain, you would have many problems. So that's the basis of all the problems with uh, sickle cell anemia. So this chain, uh, this modified beta globin chain results in sickle cell anemia. But what exactly causes this uh, sickle cell anemia? How do we get to that problem? So the globin chain the abnormal globin chain, in the presence of acidosis or dehydration, or when there is less oxygen, when there is poor oxygen, the hemoglobin tend to polymerize, they kind of tend, they tend to aggregate, and when this happens, the cell, uh, instead of having that normal biconcave shape, it will have a crescent, like sickle, sickle shape, and the red blood cell becomes rigid. And this crescent shape or sickle shape is the basis for all the problems leading to sickle cell anemia. So this crescent shape leads to intra, uh, extravascular hemolysis. What that means is the red blood cells with this weird shape, with this weird sickle shape, will not be able to move or be transported in the blood vessels as the regular red blood cells because of this weird crescent shape due to this weird abnormal hemoglobin. The red blood cell membrane will be damaged. And when the red cells are damaged, the damaged red blood cells are destroyed, or their lives, or they're broken up in the spleen because they are not normal. They cannot be filtered out just like other normal red blood cells, so they will be damaged. So this is the basis of extravascular hemolysis. When this happens, there is there are going to be um, Hemoglobin is going to be released, and there is going to be less hemoglobin, leading to anemia. Less red blood cells, red blood cells, leading to anemia, and you would have bilirubin, unconjugated bilirubin, leading to jaundice and and uh, pigment gallstones. So, because of the red blood cells being damaged, you would have hemolytic anemia and so this hemolytic anemia leads to sickle cell, sickle cell anemia now the second problem with this crescent or sickle, sickle cell shape sickle shaped cells is that they cause vaso occlusion of small uh, blood cells All right and um so this weird shaped cells cause they lead to they cause occlusion so if you have this cells in in uh, small blood vessels in let's say in this in the spleen there can be a blockage and the spleen there can be infarctions within the spleen and then you will have functional asplenia or the spleen not working and if the spleen is not working as it should you will have you know destroyed Um, you will have the indication for i guess what i'm trying to say is that the indication for um, a spleen that's not working properly is the presence of how gel bodies Now, with hemolytic anemia, hemolytic anemia can also lead to um, other problems, but before I get to hemolytic anemia, if sickle cell anemia is not treated, it can lead to increased uh, EPO production, erythroid erythroid hyperplasia. There can be massive expansion of bone marrow. This can lead to bone abnormalities, uh, delayed skeletal maturation, uh, widening of bone marrow spaces. So the bone marrow is just uh, is very active, and this can lead to uh, osteoporosis, uh, bone abnormalities, abnormalities of the of the skull and facial bones, and. Um, this can manifest as what we call chipmunk facies in a crew cut appearance of skull on x ray. So, those are some of the manifestations. Now, with hemolytic anemia, chronic hemolysis, if red blood cells are chronically being hemolyzed, it can lead to uh, infection with parvovirus B19 so why is this important um, so why do we say this is important parvovirus infection uh, infection with parvovirus b19 is um, it results in the red blood cell progenitor cells being attacked so these are the cells that are in the bone marrow that r- result in the formation of red blood cells now if a patient ha- already has the red blood cells being damaged uh, in the blood vessels or outside blood vessels extravascularly like in the spleen there is a problem. We already have a problem. Now, if you have, if you add infection on top of that, you cannot make um, the bone marrow progenitor cells are infected. If the progenitor bone marrow cells are infected with B9 uh, pervovirus B19, um, the progenitor cells can make RBCs, and that results in aplastic crisis. Which is severe RBC uh, count reduction. So um, that is why it's very important that patients are immunized. Now, hemolytic anemia can lead to uh, vaso occlusion, and this vasoocclusion occlusion manifests itself in different um, in different of ways and so patients will have different symptoms and we'll get to that in the second part all right we're back And this is the second part of anemia. We were talking about hemolytic anemia and um, how that is caused by uh, different intrinsic and extensive factors. One of the intrinsic factors being sickle cell disease, which is the result of um, a mutation resulting in a defective beta globin chain uh, formation and um, the formation of sickle cells which the formation of a defective protein resulting in an abnormal hemoglobin chain and hemoglobin S then in an in acidic environment or in a dehydration during dehydration or in a low oxygen environment uh, forming polymerization and then that polymerization resulting in sickling, sickling of cells, uh, where the shapes and extravascular hemolysis and that leading to uh, the cells being destroyed, leading to hemolytic anemia. And we also said that this shape, this abnormal cells cause uh, vaso occlusion. occlusion results in infarction of uh, spleen, and the spleen not being able to do what it's supposed to do. And uh, and we also said that vaso occlusion, that vaso occlusion can lead to different symptoms. So uh, some of these symptoms are having uh, swollen hands or ductylitis. Um, in children, this appears as sausage digits. And um, another symptom, is, another situation, is acute pain crisis. So um, patients will have episodes of acute pain, and this affects um, abdomen, joints fingers and toes and pretty much every part of the body and another problem is um, uh, with basal occlusion if v- vessels are occluded it can be it can happen anywhere you can have the spleen failing the spleen not uh, if vessel occlusion have occurs in the spleen you can have the spleen, with the spleen not functioning, you can have infections. You can have the immune system with impaired. So, uh, with functional asplenia, or the the spleen not working properly, it can lead to um, increased risk of infection with encapsulated bacteria and uh, the two most important examples of uh, encapsulated bacteria are strep pneumo and H influenza so in order to uh, minimize this risk it, it is important to to be immunized to be to have a vaccination and another important uh, concept is that with uh functional as, uh, asplenia or, or with the spleen not being able to function properly due to that occlusion it can lead to the red blood cells pulling so the pulling of red blood cells and this leads to the splenic sequestration crisis so you have vaso occlusion in the spleen and the red cells pull in, in the spleen you would have a marked uh, decrease in hemoglobin and you will have a rapidly enlarged, enlarging uh, spleen, so you will you will have splenomegaly, and you can have the risk of the risk increased risk of hypovolemic shock. So those are some of the problems with uh, uh, spleen, and then another important. Concept is that with the spleen failing, you can have um, salmonella, salmonella bacteria such as salm- salmonella, which would would it, would be in a normal case uh, will be removed from the body by the spleen or the macrophages or or um, the immune system working properly. You can have osteomyelitis, so the uh, due to infarction uh, um, due to infarction in, in the bones and um, infection with salmonella so so that's pretty much um, those are some of the problems with a spleen failure due to invasive occlusion so you can have um, pain pretty much everywhere you can have spleen Uh, occlusion that can lead to different kinds of infection you can also have acute chest syndrome where you experience uh, chest pain and shortness of breath and then another important problem with this occlusion is that it doesn't just affect um, the spleen it can also affect the kidneys it can result in renal dysfunction so if the occlusion occurs in the, the recta and the renal medulla, so renal medulla is highly concentrated, the osmolality is very high, it's low oxygen environment, and we know that in uh, dehydrated situation in a low oxygen environment, um, hemoglobin S tend to polymerize so if a patient is a sickle cell patient um, unless they are treated the renal medulla can can experience infarction and um, that environment that renal renal medulla kind of satisfying kind of fulfilling the requirement for sickling or for polymerization results in which results in sickling the um, the problem is kind of compounded so renal medulla because of its environment it leads to sickling and this sickling um, can cause infarction in the medulla. And another um, renal dysfunction is caused because of papillary necrosis. So this is the whole area surrounding the medulla and other parts and this is when this is sloughing of renal papilla due to renal occlusion and this leads to painless and gross and gross hematuria and proteinuria. So, there's bleeding and uh, uh, red blood cells uh, red blood cells just uh, entering uh, the filtrate I would say and protein being part of it so those are some of the complications and if the renal medulla is is infarcted or or if it's not functioning normally, then you would have impaired concentration. Uh, uh, you would have impaired ability to concentrate urine, and you cannot concent- If you can't concentrate urine, there is going to be frequent urination, so you will have polyuria and nocturia. Alright, so how do you treat? Um, Sickle cell disease. So, we've already said that in a dehydration, during dehydration, the sickled uh, hemoglobin, abnormal hemoglobin, tend to polymerize and kind of compound in the crisis, the sickle cell crisis. So, patients need to be uh, well oxygenated and uh, well hydrated. They should be immunized to fight off encapsulated bacteria. And um, in order to increase their oxygen content in blood there is a drug called hydroxyurea which increases production of uh, fetal hemoglobin which has high affinity for oxygen. And then blood transfusion because of that anemia, because of that increased hemolysis taking place uh, and also the risk for hypovolemic shock being high. Blood transfusion is important, but the risk with this one is that there can be iron over um, iron overload. And uh, bone marrow transplant is also uh, in trial. I guess it's 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 something to consider. So those are some of the important things to, to talk about. Now, um, another. We've already talked about sickle cell disease. We said that a normal, um, so normal hemoglobin is made from globin chains and uh, globin chains are from globin beta globin gene, and a normal person will have two copies of the gene now if you have one normal copy and one defective gene the normal one would produce normal globin gene so for adult you if you have a normal alpha and normal beta globins you will have hemoglobin a and if you have a one defective gene copy you will have defective globin chain so you have a normal alpha chain and defective globin so you will have hemoglobin S in that case so with one normal copy of a gene and one defective copy of the gene you will have both hemoglobin A and hemoglobin S so this is a mixture of hemoglobin A and hemoglobin S so in this case this person is considered as a sickle cell trait uh, as having a sickle cell trait and In this case, the normal beta gene is more effective and it produces more more than 50% of globins, uh, beta globins. And in order to have sickling, you need to have more than 50% of the defective uh, hemoglobin, hemoglobin S. So in a sickle cell trait, there is more of, there is more of hemoglobin A than defective than hemoglobin S so there is 55 percent of hemoglobin A and 40 percent of hemoglobin S so a person with a sickle cell trait will not have sickling their symptoms are milder and the exception is that uh, in a renal medulla they may lose concentration concentrating ability and there is increased risk of renal medullary carcinoma so how do you diagnose how do you diagnose um, sickle cell disease whether it's a disease or a trait there are two important common tests these are electrophoresis phoresis and sickling test electrophoresis shows hemoglobin s and it also tells you the amount different amounts of uh, hemoglobins. so based on that you can um, differentiate between uh, sickle cell disease whether it's a sickle cell disease you would know how much uh, hemoglobin S should be there or if it is sickle cell trait you would know how much hemoglobin S is present so based on that you can differentiate. Now another test that doesn't tell you um, whether it is a sickle cell disease or sickle cell trait is a sickling test and in this case sodium made up by sulfide reduces oxygen and hemoglobin S becomes insoluble so it forms a turbid solution and it's easily visualized so in this test a positive the the test is positive if any amount of hemoglobin S is present so whether it's like 40% of hemoglobin S or 90% of hemoglobin S it doesn't matter as long as hemoglobin S is present will be it'll be positive but then you have to do more tests or you have to probably do electrophoresis or other other tests to identify that so why is sickle cell trait important in a sickle uh, someone with a sickle cell cell trait This is important in getting rid of infection with with malaria. Now the myth is that people think that if you have the sickle cell trait you cannot be infected with malaria but that is wrong. Every person can be infected with malaria but the difference is the difference between a normal person and a person with sickle cell, cell trait is that in a sickle cell trait uh, individual, when uh, the red blood cells are infected with uh, Plasmodium, falciparum or malaria, um, the infection causes sickling of red blood cells. And this cycling increases the, uh, the chance of clear, uh, clearance. So the ability to remove those cells, the, the, ability, the ability to clear the body of malaria. It doesn't, it doesn't prevent uh, an individual from getting the infection, everybody will be infected. But they will have increased ability for clearance and, and milder symptoms. Whereas, a normal person with a normal red blood cell will have very severe symptoms uh, with, with this form of, of uh, malaria being a very severe, um, deadly one. So that's that. And now, um, I wanna talk about a hemoglobin C. So, we have said that hemoglobin A is made up of two alpha chains and two beta chains. And hemoglobin... Fetal hemoglobin F is made up of two alpha and two gamma. Whereas hemoglobin A2 is made up of two alpha and two delta. And... With... Hemoglobin, um, hemoglobin S. You have two normal alpha chains and two defective uh, beta chains. Now, hemoglobin C. Instead of having, um, instead of having the normal glutamate, um, and instead of having the normal glutamate in. Uh, in the beta chain, it it will have lysine, hemoglobin S has valine in it, hemoglobin C has lysine in it, lysine, so this results, so lysine is more polar than valine, but it's still uh, less polar than the glutamic acid, so having that, having uh, late lysine instead of glutamine results in mild anemia, uh, presence of hemoglobin C crystals. And so a person that is heterozygote, having normal hemoglobin A and hemoglobin C will have milder symptoms. Whereas a person having hemoglobin, hemoglobin C with lysine and hemoglobin S with valine will have very severe symptoms. So, so that is called hemoglobin CS disease, if you have both of them. Sickle cell disease is just a SS, hemoglobin S uh, disease or complication. I think that's it for now.